Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, happy to be with you again, along with Cami Berthume, our producer, Paul Sadek, our technical producer, coming to you from the relevant radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Global warming, climate change, these words are very charged in the United States, both inside and outside of the Catholic Church, as debate continues about whether we humans are the cause. That said, Catholics of goodwill can agree that we are called to be good stewards of our planet and its natural resources. The bottom line is, our climate is changing, and those changes are adversely impacting our sisters and brothers around the globe. Our friends at the Catholic Community Foundation are hosting a forum on Tuesday, March 29th, where we're invited to learn more about our role in caring for our common home. The forum will feature Jose Aguto, Executive Director of Catholic Climate Covenant. Jose, welcome to Praxing Catholic. Thank you, Patrick. It's a blessing to be here. Always good to have a new guest on the program. We're grateful to hear your voice. Why don't you start us out, Jose, just to fill us in. What is Catholic Climate Covenant? Uh, Catholic Climate Covenant is an organization that was established at the recommendation of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops to lift up care for creation. Um, so we um, work with the Bishops Conference uh, and also many Catholic organizations across the country to lift up this charism um, from a programmatic perspective, um, as it is a requirement of our faith. Um, so we've been doing so for 16 years and are absolutely delighted to lift up these actions across the U.S. Catholic community, um, and in particular, um, following the Vatican's lead um, and their initiation of the Laudato Si Action Platform in November of last year. So just excited to continue to do this work uh, for our Church. Mm. Right. Well, we're grateful for the work that you are doing. Thank you for your uh, obviously very intimate role there as executive director as well. I'm wondering, Jose, just starting out, we want to get to talking about more about Laudato Si. We want to talk about this uh, upcoming forum that's coming up on Tuesday, March 29th. But just wondering, just to float a general question out there, where, where are areas where we as Catholics, even though the whole discussion around things like climate change and around uh, uh, specifically humanity's contribution or lack thereof to that climate change, you know, that can be very politically charged and actually create some some dissonance around the dinner table. But where are areas that we as Catholics can join together and say, yep, we we need to uh, care for and steward the earth? Um, thank you for that question, Patrick. I wanted to uh, uh, discuss first uh, some of the initial comments that you made that uh, uh, the science isn't clear as to whether um, humanity is the principal cause of climate change. Um, that debate has been rested. Um, there are um, there is a scientific consensus in that we do have politicians from both sides of the aisle who are acknowledging that uh, humanity is the principal cause of climate change. And so there's been a significant pivot with regard to where we are on that. And the question is not whether humanity is um, a major source of climate, but rather, what do we do to address it? So I wanted to start with that okay. uh, important pivot. Um, to the question um, as to what Catholics can do um, and help with the divisions across our country, I, it starts with our our charism to be loving neighbors to one another. Um, and this is the greatest commandment, and it always will be the foundation by which we, humanity, will um, merit success uh, in this world. And so Pope Francis has called us to dialogue with each other 
Um, and as we recall uh, with regard to the gospel message yesterday, we are not to be condemning and not to be judging, but to be merciful with one another. So if we can come together recognizing the human dignity of each and every person, um, then we can start to have these conversations um, and be, frankly, counterculture to the uh, the partisanship and the anger and the judgment and the condemnation that's going on in our country. So mm-hmm. I would start with that. Right. As basic as it sounds, it is the, the foundation by which we really get to solving these issues. Yeah, well, it's kind of amazing how when you when you return to the basics, we realize how profound they actually are, even though they might be, you know, simple and not complicated or complex. They're still very profound and sometimes very difficult. So I think I think your encouragement is right on, uh, according to that, Jose. So that's great. Why don't we turn our attention a little bit to Laudato Si? We might have some listeners who are not familiar with uh, this Pope Francis encyclical. So can you give us kind of some background on Laudato Si and maybe some personal experience too? What's been your experience uh, as you've grown in familiarity with, with this uh, work of Pope Francis? Sure. Um, so... Um I'll start with uh, Laudato Si, which was issued uh, Pope Francis' second encyclical in May of 2015, um, which is to recognize that we, um, humanity, do have a relationship with creation, and and God is the creator. We ought to respect that which he uh, has given to us freely. Um, And so this is an effort for us to bring uh, to to be what he would call an, uh, to create an integral ecology where a human society and, and natural world are in harmony. Um, and in doing so, though, he, he referenced uh, Blessed Pope Paul VI, St. John Paul II, Pope Emeritus Benedict, with regard to their work um, and their awareness of this. And so he was stepping into or on the shoulders of, of the great ones who came before him to recognize this need. So, for example, John Paul II said that we need an ecological conversion, um, that we need to realize that our duty towards nature, nature and the Creator are an essential part of our faith. So, while many people today associate Pope Francis as sort of the, you know, the, the lightning rod, if you will, of, of efforts to uh, be more in harmony with um, our, our, with nature, um, actually, this has been uh, long a part of uh, the Catholic charism for, for decades. Mm. Um, so I wanted to start with that. Uh, with regard to, to my work in this arena, um, I uh, worked with Native American tribes for many years, um, and then uh, around uh, um, tw- 2007, I heard the uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's report um, with a, with a group of tribal leaders, and that was indicating the great challenges that humanity faces if we don't address climate change, and so decided to pivot into a, uh, a more, uh, if you will, moral call, recognizing that uh, there wasn't enough of a moral call from, from many people that, you know, this is our obligation as humanity to step into climate change. And so um, when the encyclical was issued in 2015, I decided that I needed to move from my work with the Quakers, um, with my work uh, with the Catholic Church to lift up our church. I'm a cradle Catholic. Uh, to lift up our church into what Pope Francis is calling us to do. Yeah, and I love the way that you point out, again, you underscore that this is, the care of creation is really a moral call, that there is morality. It's it's a 
we well, we just had a uh, our 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 previous guest was talking about rights and responsibilities as part of Catholic social teaching. And with that being the case, I can definitely see how this falls under Catholic moral teaching as well, that we want to, that Catholic morality is something that obviously we as practicing Catholics want to uphold, want to further, and caring for our common home is part of that. Why don't you give us an idea, too? I think in in the communities that are uh, on a worldwide scale pretty, pretty affluent, uh, that we many of us live in anyway. Um, sometimes we fail to see the effects of climate change in uh, areas where it's not so affluent, where material resources are really scarce. Can you give us an idea of how that uh, is affecting our brothers and sisters around the world? Sure. Um, so as I mentioned before, I had worked um, with Native American tribes and in particular National Congress of American Indians. And uh, one of the... Uh, efforts that I wanted to lift up is the fact that Alaska Native Villages, um, there are over 220 in Alaska, that there was a report by the U.S. government that 86% of them would be um, gone by the year 2100 because of flooding. Um, And so they are experiencing those impacts right now. Many of them need to be relocated. Um, And so these impacts, which, you know, are, are beyond what are is in the newspapers of, of many people, were discovered, uh, the, this finding was discovered in, in the early 2000s. Um, and there was a second report, which just repeated that report. So we are seeing definite tangible impacts mm. um, that are resulting in the existential crises um, with regard to Alaska Native Villages. And you can say the same, and it has been repeated in many international forums, that some of the low-lying islands in the South Pacific will literally be gone because of sea level rise. Mm. Um, so well, there are what I would call a parade of horribles with regard to how how tragic and yeah. existential these threats are to many people, but I'll, I'll stop there for the moment. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's, uh, it's good to hear that. I mean, it's not good to hear, but it's, but it's, uh, it, it's to rouse us to action. But, you know, many times we hear people talking, it seems like we're basically on track to irreversible damage. So is there any hope moving forward for stopping the depletion of resources for healing in countries that have been experienced that that have experienced extreme environmental stress? Well, uh, the initial uh, cause of climate change is our um, it's the combustion of fossil fuels and uh, of greenhouse gas emissions that are resulting in the increase of global temperatures. So that being the cause, and you could call it, for example, the original sin of climate change, our first responsibility is to reduce those emissions. Um, and the trajectory has been upwards, and we absolutely have to blunt those because there's a parallel between uh, the increase of those emissions and global temperatures. So that is, in a way, the first order of business. Um, the second, though, is also to provide those peoples and nations most impacted by climate change with the resources to make them more resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are efforts to do so, although those efforts are lagging uh, with regard to uh, versus, for example, our efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to take a step back because there has there are so many gifted people and organizations that have come up with these incredible solutions and are working tirelessly to get them implemented. And so we do not lack for information and talent um, and solutions that 
But what the issue is, is the moral and political will to actually engage in those solutions and to do so in a compassionate way that recognizes the contributions of those industries which have brought us to the great uh, material wealth that we have right now, but also to recognize that we do need to pivot away from fossil fuel production. And so with that, I wanted to just, again, quote Pope Paul VI with regard to the need for um, for a moral and political will. And he said, the most extraordinary scientific advances, the most amazing technical abilities, the most astonishing economic growth, unless they are accompanied by authentic social and moral progress, will definitely turn against man. And so as your previous uh, guests had mentioned, we absolutely can and must lift up our Catholic strengths and our moral call into this space, because this, in many ways, is the essence of our problem, that we need to be loving and strong and brave and courageous towards one another um, in addressing the uh, climate crisis. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, great words, great words and, and challenging words, but most especially uh, good to take up, especially during this holy season of Lent. Jose, I'm afraid we have run out of time. Uh, we'll hit, we'll cover the the details about the Giving Insights Social Forum on Laudato Si. We'll hit that after this break. But we are grateful that you have joined us. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all the good work that you do uh, in in promoting this and your work with Catholic Climate Covenant. God bless you, Jose. God bless you too, Patrick. Thank you for this time. Thank you. When we come back, how the church can help you have the talk with your kids. Yes, that talk. Plus, help for those who may be discerning a call to the priesthood. Paul, Cammie, and I have all that and more. We'll be right back. <laughs> 